I'm here today to talk very briefly about some of the poetry which has been written in the last 30 or 40 years in Scottish Gaelic by people who have chosen to learn the language as adults. Scottish Gaelic ended the 20th century in a highly precarious position with less than 60,000 speakers. Nevertheless, the last century saw an astonishing flowering of poetry written in the language. The most famous Gaelic poet of the 20th century was Sawley MacLean, who died in 1996. His powerful Yeatsian body of work is undoubtedly of European stature. Further, he was instrumental in opening up Gaelic poetry to concerns beyond the highlands and islands, taking it beyond traditional forms, metres and subject matter. This is particularly apparent in the anguish Dan de Ever, Poems de Ever, published in 1943, in which the poet agonised between the competing demands of love and conscience as Europe exploded into nightmarish catastrophe. One of Maclean's lesser-known contributions was to encourage the institution of the Higher Gaelic for Learners exam, which helped to bring learners into the language and to approach fluency. In the last quarter of the 20th century, learners have emerged who have gone on to produce a substantial output of poetry in Gaelic. Learners of Gaelic who have been minded to who have written poetry in the language have very largely conti continued the innovative agenda set by Maclean and his successors. That is to say, they have usually, but not without exception, written free verse intended to be spoken rather than sung, and have brought a global perspective into Gallic poetry, often with a sharp political edge. They have shied away from the traditional genres bound to Highland life, such as the work songs associated with rowing or gathering kelp, largely, I suspect, to avoid the taint of pastiche. The learner poet with the most radical agenda for the language is, in my opinion, the academic and novelist Christopher White, who was born in 1952. I'll be reading one of White's poems out shortly in Gaelic. He goes beyond the older innovators of the last century, such as Maclean, boldly removing the centripetal urge to relate the concerns of the world back to Scotland. His poetry is often filled with the atmosphere of Italy, where he lived and worked for some years. He attempts, amongst other things, Browning-esque monologues in the voices of Italian artists. His poetry is thus overtly highly educated, even highbrow. It also has a satirical bent, as White is much concerned with issues of Scottish identity, but is inclined to think about these issues in the widest and most postmodern terms possible. I think it's justified here to say that it has been felt that some of his work has on occasion failed to come off. The academic and fellow Gaelic poet Ronald Black notes that some of Christopher White's earlier poems, though wonderfully complex, are not intelligible to the ordinary Gaelic-speaking reader without reference to the English translation. The poem I'm going to read today is called Andalakianach, the Chinese Beetle, and is one of several programmatic pieces in White's work. It is an exotic horticultural fable with an allegorical moral. The poem, which is an unrhyming lyric, describes a particular species of apple to be found in the mountains of China, the taste and sheen of which are so exquisite that emperors used to prize them highly and serve them at feasts and banquets. But, the poet tells us, these apples did not really have the taste of apples. Rather, a variety of beetle used to lay its eggs in each apple, and after the young beetles had hatched and flown away, the fruit was left with an extraordinarily delightful flavour and perfume. That, the poet concludes triumphantly in his last line, is what he does with Gallic. Whilst Gallic is envisioned here as a mysterious and precious commodity, 
which should be preserved and prized at faraway centres of power, London and Edinburgh perhaps. It's not impossible to feel that this playful and urbane poem teeters uncomfortably on the edge of bumptiousness. White's forthcoming memoirs, by the way, are provisionally entitled Being the Chinese Beetle. But I quote the poem here as an example of the richness and sense of adventure currently to be found within the work of learners of Gaelic, even at a time when the language is more vulnerable than ever before. And here is the poem in the original. And there are a yes, Kanatovo Vantan Yanan, how show us the Ulum Rimfain, seed Kanabrash Tachnach, Skumbir Nahimper and the Hena Kosk, and over Rink Yanach, Iskantarikshe, Ekfaschins, Gurmanans, and Aras Vor. A Harajirak Blasnam Uache, Lurk me Gorodalak Koryakrishin, Nach Ayrch Er Kruven and Kyarnud, Sagakus Uyan Erson Tra Achinchin, and Kriya Nanul. Chanan i'r dan gafad, ac heid cwbriach ingentach a sgwliach fiag ach mes. An jedon clwydd, ys gi chan a hyn ormoch, is chechach, chan a cwyr lorag jefantanawn, ac sgliaw omarach an lian ŵl, spolog mirabolach a gachdych e, ys scolorin is garnialorin a coach, gyl ier a bynachach. Se sin, an ymi lesh a chanan sech. 